Hi, this is The Rocker Recovery, and this is Angie Meadows. And this is William Bond. <laughs> and today we are in the Rocker Recovery Relationship Addiction book. We're in Lesson 5, Relationship Bondage. Go ahead and kick us off, Will. Perversion of truth is manipulation. Ooh, now that's a principle uh, to understand that manipulation is a perversion of truth. It's not truth, is it? Definitely not. <laughs> It's taking the truth and it's twisting it. Okay, so work through the introduction. Selfishness, selfishness perverts relationships to establish demands, unsurprising authority. Usurping. And taking control over another's lives. This is a relationship or a rela- re- relational captivity plot with a goal of total bondage. They cannot maintain a healthy relationship. They will not listen or value your needs. They will dominate you until you have no identity. It doesn't start out this way. Your capture listens to all your hurts and hangs hang-ups to get to know you how to get to know how to manipulate you. They study to know where you are, weak and vulnerable. They know exactly what you need to hear from them. Hear from them to. Yep. They know exactly what you need to hear them say. They may think they have found a healthy relationship, but are incapable of maintaining it because of their own unresolved addictive patterns. So, a lot of times, well, there is patterns that we learn in childhood. Um, watching other adults and watching relationships in our family. And sometimes we just have to go into survival mode as children uh, to get our needs met. And so when we get into adulthood, we, we don't know how to have healthy relationships. We know how to take captives. I would agree. Yeah. And so when you're taking captives, you're doing all kinds of weird things to manipulate and to dominate the relationship. So the game locks you into a toxic relationship, and you feel powerless to escape. Right here. You may see red flags and yet are powerless to act to protect yourself. You must betray yourself to participate in a toxic relationship. Self-betrayal entertains toxic toxicity and becomes captive to rescuing another and keep you stuck yes so in order to stay in some relationships i have to betray myself i have to deny what i need i have to martyr myself for the other person's needs i may even stay in a relationship that i don't want to stay in just so i don't hurt them because i'm sure that they're very weak they're very vulnerable they've already told me their stories and i'm like man i don't want to be one of those stories in this person's life so i'll betray myself and just keep doing what they want me to do because I don't have a strong identity of my own. So as we go through this book, we're going to look at more patterns of how these relationships go, and we're also going to look at um, the toxicity in this and my own identity issues. Okay, here. If you want healthy relationships, educate yourself on the toxic dynamics of abuse relationship abusive relationships and fight to heal and be free of toxicity Hmm. so you have to be really clear of a lot of this stuff to be able to step back to see it so self-betrayal is foundational to entertaining a toxic relationship so here's some lessons number one there are people who pervert truth to their own advantage and they are good at it reject their own 
reject their nonsense. Now, I got these verses. Well, I was praying one day, and man, my family was just, I could just see them just tearing at me. It was like they were on each side, and they were all like telling me what to do and telling me how to do it and and trying to get me to do things for them. And, and it was just very toxic. So I asked the Lord, and, and as I started talking to Him, He led me straight through these scriptures. And when I was done, I had the ability to stand on my own. So Paul says, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you, and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached? Or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. That's in 2 Corinthians 11, 2-4. So he's telling me, as I'm praying that day, that they got another spirit. They got another Jesus that they're telling me. If you really were a Christian, you'd do this. You'd really do <laughs> this. Like, and here's Paul telling me, no, as a different spirit. Okay, so number two, what does uh, the Apostle Paul tell us? Deceitful people can be so convincing because they have even deceived themselves, recognized the lies. So Paul says, for such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising, then, if his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness. 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen through 15. So they're parading themselves around, acting like they're right. And it's very difficult to recognize this if you're not in the Word, if you're not asking God to open your eyes, if you're not asking for that spirit of discernment to be able to separate the good from the evil. So rebellion develops a trap. Often individuals with abusive behaviors can pretend to be extremely kind, but say no to them and see if they respect your no or if they flip personalities and become de- depra- depraved, depraved and, and incorrigible. If so, the real person benefits the cloak of pretense has just been unveiled yeah so beneath this real person is is a a cloak of pretense so let's look at the captivity evaluation number one am i being charmed and corrupted away from stability you gladly put up with fools since you are so wise says the apostle paul in fact you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you or pushes himself forward or slaps you in the face second corinthians 11 and 19 through 20 so if you're in domestic violence if you're being slapped around with somebody else's dominant words, this is what he's telling you. He's telling you you're putting up with this, and you're gladly doing it. You're thinking that you're wise in doing it, and you're being enslaved. So number two. Are they pretending that everything they do is right and refusing counsel? An unteachable spirit is one, well, that uh, does not make a good friend or a good partner. Number three. Has my peace been devoured? Number four. Has my freedom been 
hampered. Yes. So if my peace is devoured, I know it because I'm always anxious. And if my freedom's been hampered, then I'm always thinking about, okay, what are they going to think if I do this? Are they going to misjudge my motive and think I'm thinking this? You know, I'm always sidestepping to try to keep out of their crosshairs. Number five. Do they run recklessly down the road with no thought of the consequences? Number six. Are they taking my money, time, and energy? Number seven. Am I assuming their responsibilities? Number eight. If I confront them, do they hit me with physically and bully me with words or double talk using gaslighting techniques, or do they listen to listen and change? Hmm. Yeah. So um, are they listening? Are they changing? There's this verse in uh, Psalms that says, uh, um, don't don't hang out with those that are given to change, that change like the wind. You know, they're this way when you're upstairs and you come downstairs and you go back up and they're different. <laughs> so don't mess with them if, if they are always changing. So handling truth perverters, how are we going to do this? In trying to please the unpleasable people in my life, I have forgotten to be true to myself. Hmm. So in Galatians 1.10, it says, Am I trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I am still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. And so God gave me this verse when I was dealing with a family member that was very controlling. And when I just decided that I wasn't going to be afraid of them, that I was going to do what was right uh, for me and for my immediate family that was with me and what I felt like God wanted me to do, they they became a rager. Then the real person came out to abuse me. So I would just back up. And then, of course, this was a... Um, a person that I had, I felt like I had a duty to, so I would back up, I'd wait, and then I'd go back. But I never stayed too long, and I never put up with it. I always stepped away when they treated, mistreated me. And so they didn't get as much as my time, my energy, my, uh, my, the love that I could have given them if they had treated me differently. But I was, I was still there. I just, I just didn't allow them to have that access to my heart. You understand? You, yes. you don't give people access to your heart that's going to abuse you. You just you might still need to be in that relationship, but you step back emotionally where they don't have the power to keep stabbing you in the heart. Okay. Think of this perverter as the television, an an inanimate, an inanimate, inanimate object. object that can speak but no hear, but not hear. They control you with manipulation, fear, or bullying tactics through indoctrination of their philosophies. These people twist truth and coerce and coerce you with fear. They could be in your schools, communities, churches, or even your in your home. They speak their great swelling words over and over until they believe their own lies and bully others until they shut up and go along with them now when you're thinking about this you can think about the news you can think about their fear tactics that they use to manipulate people so those that use perversion of truth are 
masters at manipulation. <laughs> so, Galatians 1, 6 through 8. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. So, the Lord's saying if you're, if you're walking in ways where you're putting up with a lot of garbage and you're anxious all the time, you, this is a different gospel. This is not the gospel of Christ. Verse 7 says, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. And that's Galatians 1, 6-8. So uh, the Apostle Paul is telling us it's okay. It's okay to, to cut this off. It's okay to stop this. Anything that's throwing you in confusion is not of the Lord. We cannot find balance in chaos. Wow. <laughs> Turn off the chaos. Get alone. Journal. Get quiet and find your own way. Now there's some instructions. Turn off the chaos. That means you got to step back. Remember how Jesus used to go to the mountain? Yeah. Yeah, even when John the Baptist died, what did he do? He went to the mountain. He got right before the Lord and he got quiet and he got the comfort from the Lord. So in cases of recovery, Many return to an old dysfunctional relationship and are shoved into the path of a speeding train of destruction. After several recovery attempts, you may have only one viable choice, and that's to save yourself and let people go with abusive, manipulative, rebellious, dominant a people who cannot you cannot save. So, well, I can't save others. I can only lead the way and hope that they follow me. So now what's the Apostle Paul say? How is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable principles? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? <laughs> I, I think he's right. I think when you get in a toxic relationship, it's slavery. So look past the passion and the flattery. The demands evidence of genuine heart change. That's what I want you to demand. I want you to demand a heart change. Others do not need to change if we are continually zealous to make excuses for them. Your courage to say no to them may be their only hope. Wow, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Your courage to stand up and say, you won't treat me that way. And here's my boundary. If you want me, come over this way. So Paul says, those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us, from the recovery community, so that you may be zealous for them. It is fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good, and to be so always and not just when I am with you. And that's Galatians 4, 17 through 18. So when people are in recovery... And they uh, graduate a recovery program and they go out. How important is it that they stay with the recovery community versus going out with people who are using? Oh, it's definitely a big part of staying um, recovered. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to stay sober if you're with people who are not sober. So if you're um, with people that are bullies, people that are dominant, people that are – you're not going to grow. You're literally just going to micromanage everything that you can to try to feel safe. So ask yourself. Who am I trying to please? Mm -hmm. Am I addicted to a person and think of them constantly? Mm -hmm. Do I hear myself rationalizing with an ir – ir Rational. A rational person and having the same 
conversation over and over? So I know, well, if I wake up at night arguing with somebody in my head, and I'm just, just trying to uh, just trying to convince them that what they're saying is irrational, I'm in a toxic, I'm in toxicity, I'm deep. <laughs> and I literally have to own my own spirit and back up and put a boundary between me and this person. Have I been bewitched, controlled, entangled, or enticed? You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit? Are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Galatians 3.1 Am I focused on trying to fix someone else? Do I think money is all I need to, sur- to solve problems? Yeah, you can throw money at problems a long time till you bankrupt yourself and and if the person doesn't want help uh they just want freedom from the consequences you're going to run out of money before they get sober when we have freed ourselves do not forget the chronic days weeks and years of abuse do not turn away from your freedom and go back into the cycle of abuse the key is to get free and stay free hide yourself run <laughs> yeah, so if I'm free from addiction, there's been days, weeks, and years of abuse, whether it was with a family of origin, whether it was in a romantic relationship, whether it's with siblings, whether it's with bosses, there's been years of abuse. So I have to form my own identity, own my own spirit, and be able to set up some boundaries. So relationship addiction is bondage that needs to work a th- of sobriety as if your life depends upon it. So relationship addictions are like uh, chemical addictions. We got to work on it. We got to work on getting free. If it is it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Amen. Stand firm. Then do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Galatians 5 1. So I posted this scripture right where I wash dishes. And I remember one day just crying out to God saying, Should I should I should I help him? Should I fix this? Should I fix that? You know, he was in the streets. And it was a lot of suffering for a mama to leave a kid in the street. And I looked up and I saw this and I thought, okay, all right, I I have been set free. These are his problems. He needs to learn this lesson. And and now in recovery, he's like, you know, that's the best thing you ever did for me. <laughs> but boy, it was hard. It was hard because I was suffering. And a lot of times we'll rescue others to stop our suffering. So let's look at a burden evaluation. Number one. How have people with addictive or abusive per, uh, behaviors affected me? What burdens have others put on me? Number three. What burdens have I accepted and put on myself that wasn't mine? Ouch. I, I, I'm pretty bad at this. I'm pretty bad at taking on some other people's problems at time where I need to remember just to um, do a little and then step back and let them take up. Number four. How has my daily peace been hindered? Mm-hmm. Number five. Do I have a, a repetition compulsion and end up in the same type of relationship repetitively? Different face? Different name, different place, but the exact same scenario of the dominance and abuse. So you may very well attract uh, abusive behaviors that may feel what familiar because of the way you were raised or because of your first main relationship. And if so, what you have to do is stop having um, any type of intimate relationships for a couple of years and get counseling and get relationship recovery, build your own identity, decide what you will and will not put up with, what you will and will not want, um, and what it would look like to have 
a mate that would be suited to you because if not you end up uh, attracting the same type of abuse that you've had before so the truth is those causing trouble need to bear their own consequences and they should when i set up boundaries and am no longer accessible accessible to be manipulated they will change or have no use for me and leave me alone Oh boy! <laughs> then you'll know where you really land, where you what your value really is. You know, sometimes they're just going to walk away if they can't manipulate you. So the truth is, if I don't do my healing work, I will end up in the same type of relationship with an emotional unavailable person with various sick behaviors yeah so it may not be a physically abusive person it may be an emotionally abusive person so words are powerless demand the voice of action when we use our no muscle and others separate themselves from us it's okay okay so in galatians 5 7 8 10 and 12 paul says you were running a good race who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth thy kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you i am confident in the lord that you will take no other view as for those agitators i wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves which means to cut themselves off from you this separating or cutting off usually comes with great drama when we are placing healthy boundaries. Expect it. Die emotionally to a sick relationship so we cannot be emotionally manipulated. They will return as a victim when their next lover turns them out or when they think you have softened and they can return to get their needs met. So this cutting off and this separation is a healthy boundary. And it comes with drama. So if you don't like a fight, if you cower with drama, you might just stay and walk on eggshells just thinking, oh, I can't set them off. Oh, I can't handle that uh, abuse that they're, that's coming if I do set that boundary. Well, you might as well empower yourself to be able to get free um, and be able to move back enough that this drama is going to be a little less and then when it's ready maybe you'll have the strength to to really do that fight to get free make them earn the right to be trusted by showing a good work ethic and making restitution of their wrongs do not just accept words of apology or a hard luck story many people are incapable of change the blessing of recovery is internal Reflection. reflection and the journaling to develop our own self-awareness. Yes. Yeah, so I, I find well that grandparents, the elderly, in the generation that they grew up, they think if you just keep picking people up and standing them up and dusting them off and making them look clean and pretty and buying them a car or getting them nice clothes or giving them a, a reference for work, that, that they're going to eventually stand. But that does not work with addiction. It doesn't. Um, it makes them sicker and more entitled. The rationaliz- the, Re- realization. The realization that I can only work on me and I must realize others and trust that they can find their own way has given me incredible peace. Anxiety is a sign that I have recovered work, recovery work to do. Yeah, so I must release others And I must recognize when I'm anxious, because when I'm anxious, I'm probably trying to fix, manage, and control things that are none of my responsibility. 
Remember the law of sowing and reaping. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Galatians 6, 7, and 8. So if I interrupt the consequences of somebody's destructive behavior, they didn't reap it. I did. And that's what enablers do. That's what rescuers do. We um, take the consequences off of somebody that we love because we don't want to watch them suffer. Um, So it's time to let others suffer for their own decisions. We sow to the wind and reap the whirlwind. Hosea 8, 7. Do not stick your head in the sand and think problems will go away. Instead, work on things that are within your control to change. You can only change you. Now there's a principle. You can only change you. And so all I don't want you to do is start working on you. What will you uh, set and tolerate and what will you not? So hold on to your freedom to regain control over your life. Do not get entangled again. Hold your head high and speak no unkind words. Turn and walk away from filth. Don't even honor it with an answer. Stick to your beliefs in the simplicity of hard work and responsibility. We gave you this rule. If a man will not work, he shall not eat. 2 Thessalonians 3.10 So do you recognize those with impure motives? Hmm. Do you love a person who refuses to take responsibility for their actions? This is a hard thing if you love somebody dearly. Um... And they just refuse to take responsibility, or they do a little bit, and then once they get you back on the hook, they don't. So sometimes you just got to keep holding that line. It may take a few weeks or months, but develop a plan to thoughtfully untangle yourself and create a distance until they pursue being responsible. Who is hindering you and keeping you emotionally unstable? Are you hindering another? If so, go and apologize quickly. So what's the pr- the principle? Perversion of truth is manipulation. Yeah. They're going to take your truth and they're going to twist it and say you said and you did, and then they're going to bring your past up against you. <laughs> you know, other manipulation tactics. So in conclusion. Now to you who are suffering from the emotional pain of abuse, I apologize. I apologize. I am truly sorry for your suffering. I apologize to you for everyone who has hurt you and are unable or unwilling to repent. I give you permission to release your offer your offender or your offender from the depth they owe you. I set you free. Oh, yeah. So you don't have to carry uh, bitterness. You can you can uh, you can release that and then you'll be free. Take a deep breath and exhale and let go. This is a new day. May you be free to be the person you were created to be. May you be eternally like steel, unmovable and unshakable. Oh, yes. That's a blessing for you. And you can pray that blessing over another. And let me pray for you. Lord God, grant me a place of internal peace. Help me to guard my peace from those who pervert the truth and rob me of the right to have a quiet life. Help me to discern those with impure motives and to hide myself from them. Make me mighty in spirit, unmovable and unshakable. Give me strength to recognize and refuse manipulation. And amen and amen. amen. <laughs> yeah, and this was Angie Meadows. And Will. And if you want to listen to this again, you can hear it on our podcast, our Rocker Recovery Podcast.